Bali steams over a slut-shamey tweet. Hong Kong shows little sign of going back to boring as it braces for fresh unrest. Deja vu in Bangkok, where scandal sweeps City Hall. Donald Trump wows visitors from Myanmar. My dive into the world of YouTube whisperers. Welcome to the Coconuts Podcast, our look at the latest and greatest reporting from our eight newsrooms in Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. I'm Todd Reese, and I'm the managing editor of Coconuts Bangkok. And I'm associate editor Tara Kamaltanavith. Hey, Todd. How's your day going? What, what, are, what are you doing? I'm doing ASMR. Have you heard of it? I, I know you've really been getting into that story, but for the sake of us well-adjusted normal people, I do hope you're going to explain later on what ASMR is. Yes, I will, actually. And it's getting really, really big nowadays. Right now, there are over 13 million ASMR videos on YouTube. And so, this week, I went looking for local flavors. Todd, have you tried ASMR? You mean the stuff where people whisper? Yes. You know, the videos where people, like, tap things and whisper? I don't think I'm the target audience. Well, I actually tried it for the first time this week after my interview with the girl, the ASMR artist, because she tells me that, it, like, listening to people whispering helps a lot of people get to sleep. And so did it. (laughs) It didn't. Well, I don't know. I have a hard time sleeping when there's sound. So I don't know if it's the content I chose because I chose some people like brushing over the microphone and that really stressed me out or that it just doesn't work for me. But I mean, I get it. I totally get where it comes from. But we'll get to that. I'll, I'll take you into the crazy world of brushing over microphones and whispering in a second. But before we do that, let's dive into this week's headlines. Can't wait. Hong Kong is again bracing for more weekend chaos as anger swells, along with suspicions the government was behind a targeted attack on protesters as they returned home last weekend. Some anti-government elements this week were circulating what they're calling an ultimate battle plan, advocating vandalism and street brawls at what organizers insist would be a peaceful protest this weekend. It's set to take place in the Yin Long area, where last weekend a frenzy of violence broke out when a mall of white-shirted thugs, believed to be Chinese triad members, rolled up and just started beating the hell out of everyone in sight at a subway station. 36 people were hospitalized, including protesters, passengers, and journalists. Coconuts Hong Kong associate editor Vicky Wong. In kind of the immediate aftermath of what happened on Sunday in Yin Long, kind of the initial reactions were shock, fear, and anger, but then... From Monday onwards, it just boiled over into just outright anger. And most of it, I mean, it was directed at the government, but most of it was directed at the police. I mean, when you think about it, Hong Kong is one of the safest cities in the world. And we often refer to the city's police force as Asia's finest. Yet on on Sunday evening, for a good 30 to 40 minutes, like at a time where police really were needed to kind of um, resolve the situation, they were nowhere to be found. There were reports that 999 calls were not going through or not being um, accepted. And when a large group of residents tried to file a police report at the station close to where it happened, the police there responded by just rolling down the shutters and not listening to anyone outside. Um, Whatever confidence there was in the police force has now practically been reduced to zero. I mean... Hong Kong's government says it was not behind the violence and did not instruct the police to stay away. As of Thursday evening, police had yet to issue a permit for the protest, but that seemed unlikely to keep people home. An Indonesian woman is facing criminal charges this week for a tweet that managed to offend all of Bali. 
Lisa Marnelli seemed to be virtue flexing when she wrote that the Balinese people enjoyed being sexually harassed because they were so depraved. They can easily channel their desires because prostitutes and prostitution are available in every corner. You just need a little bit of funds, she wrote in a response to a tweet that was discussing the issue of sexual harassment. The tweet included the image of Lisa peering out from a powder blue headscarf through what looked like big eye contacts. Q, many offended Balinese, like designer Nilu Jalantik. Quote, for those who know Lisa Merlina, please let her know that I will not remain quiet about the insult she wrote about Bali. I will take this up with authorities so that she could clarify her statement and prove that there are prostitution and prostitutes in every corner of our island. Nilu wrote Sunday on Instagram in a post that included her phone number and address. And it worked. Lisa reached out to Nilu to blame it all on a typo, saying she meant to slut shame only one person, not the whole island. In case you were doubting that response, Nilu also ducked through Lisa's old tweets and found that she had previously claimed that Bali had a braless culture and that women used to pound rice naked. Pound, was that rice naked you said? Yes. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Digital footprints are cruel, darling, Nilu wrote. She made good on her threat and filed a police complaint on Tuesday. Well, three years after corruption and scandal brought down Bangkok City Hall, big surprise, corruption and scandal are back. Bangkok Governor Asawin Kwangmung this week said he would trade his signature black suit for a prison jumpsuit were any graft found in a 13 billion baht project, about 420 million U.S., that has already claimed two of his deputies. Two state anti-corruption agencies have launched probes into how contracts were awarded to build two unusually expensive trash incinerators in the capital city. His promise to take the fall came in the immediate aftermath of two deputy governors abruptly resigning in as many days. Asawin denied that had anything to do with the growing scandal and said, with a perfectly straight face, that the two men just needed some rest because they've been working so hard. Be careful what you promise, though, Asawin. The 68-year-old former police general got the job himself after too many scandals, including a 40 million baht holiday light show, brought down his predecessor, Sukumban Paribat. It didn't help the democratically elected Sukumban that he wasn't beholden to the ruling junta. The general who led the 2014 coup used his absolute power to replace him with Aswin in 2016. Will justice prevail? About as often as ever, we predict. Now over to Yangon, where we've got a story that we couldn't resist despite the fact that it takes place 14,000 kilometers away. Days after the U.S. slapped sanctions on four uppity-ups in the Myanmar military, it must have been a heady moment for Rohingya activist Mohib Ullah to step into the White House for an encounter with the supposed leader of the free world. The activist had one question for U.S. President Donald Trump. What was the plan for helping his displaced people who the Americans had just said were victims of genocide, returned to their homes from places like the Bangladesh refugee camp where he's been living. That's when Trump asked, Where is that exactly? Where? To which a helpful Sam Brownback, a former Kansas senator, said, It's right next to Burma. I see. The, yeah, the Rohingya have been run okay. out. Okay. It's right next to Burma. Yeah, the, the Rohingya have been run out. Okay, thank you, appreciate it, Trump told Ula before turning away without answering his question. Ah, to be run out, like rats from a barn, or in this case, a persecuted religious minority raped, killed, and burned from their lands. Hey, so we need your help. 
You may notice that we're not bombarding you with advertisements for mattresses, web hosts, or socks of the week clubs. That doesn't change the fact that we've got rents to pay, studios to lease, health bills, and cats to feed. Look, we're all about serving our communities with local news that doesn't have a political axe to grind or isn't being bought and paid for by sponsors telling us what to say. We're fully independent, and our loyalties are 100% with all of you. So please, do us a big favor, and in just a moment, press pause and go to coconuts.co slash membership. For less than the cost of, like, one craft beer a month, you can get all, all, all of our content ad-free and we hope a sense of entitlement that you are a stakeholder in what we're trying to do. And frankly, it'll really help us to continue doing it. Right now is really the best time because we've got discounts and promotions that are coming to an end. Coco Plus memberships are discounted by 10% until the end of July. Also, we'll be randomly choosing one new member who signs up before July 31st to win a two-night stay in a sky-double room at the Kesa House in Singapore, which has a 300 US dollar value. And to thank our existing members, they can get 50% off new memberships for friends and family through the end of September. And whoever refers the most new members will win a super dope three-night stay at the Ultra Lux Alila Villas in Cambodia. That's worth US 15 hundo. So look, we'll see you in just a moment after you pause the show and go do that. Don't worry, we'll be here. Now would be a good time. Okay, for those of you who did, thank you, thank you, thank you. For those of you holding out, just gonna ask you to give it a thought next time you're paying 20 bucks for one of those craft cocktails. Now, back to the show. So as you know, probably all too well, I've been right. listening to a lot of ASMR. Right, 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 Let, let's hear some. So I think, so That was from a Thai channel called Sound Art Whispers. And there's a whole lot more of these videos on the World Wide Web. And after listening to a lot of these people whispering in different languages, I managed to track down one of the first artists doing it in Southeast Asia and the first person who did it in Thailand. Mm. And after talking to her, I think I have a whole new appreciation for it. Do tell. At first I was really struck by the fact that she was only 21 years old. But then I thought about it and I was like, you know, it kind of has to be someone young because it's such a new internet trend. You kind of have to fall into a rabbit hole or two to find it. While listening to someone whispering, tapping things, and eating into your ear may not be your first idea of relaxing. No. It's, believe it or not, captivated <laughs> millions of people around the world, including celebrities. My name is Gar. Isn't that our second Cardi B reference in two weeks? <laughs> I know, we talk I a think, lot. I think we've, no, I think we've exhausted that. We talk about Cardi B way too much. So ASMR, or <clears throat> Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, actually refers to the static-like or tingling feeling you get sometimes down your neck or back. You know the feeling you get when someone sweet leans close and like whispers into your ear and you get chills and you're like, ooh. Not recently. <laughs> Not recently. <laughs> 
So ASMR artists, or ASM artists as they prefer to be called, whisper, tap things, eat, do small activities like you know, painting their nails or do small movements into the microphone to trigger those chills. Those who swear by it says that it brings a feeling of relaxation and just general well-being. While they've been a thing for some years now on the internet, I actually discovered active users in Asia doing it in their local languages as well. Lots of people in this region somehow seems to be like really intrigued by people eating, like videos of people eating chewing sushi and ramen and noodles are really popular. And it's exactly what it sounds like, people eating into a microphone. Okay, let's try it, first bite. Oh, you guys. And yes, I know what a lot of you are thinking. You're probably thinking it, right? That it's like a fetish. Sounds kinky. Yeah. Yes, it does sound kinky. But guess what? The consensus of studies and online surveys actually suggest that most people don't have a sexual response to it. Though, of course, there's always that small niche. The term has actually been around for about a decade now, but it really took off on YouTube back in 2013. And now, this year, it is the fifth most searched YouTube topic in the world beating out music, Logan Paul, Ariana Grande, and, wait for it, karaoke. It must be doing something right when you're bigger than karaoke. I know, right? Especially in Asia. I sampled some ASMR videos around the region, such as this video by these two famous celebrities in the Philippines. We're gonna take a bite. Listen. There are also a few famous Hong Kong ASMR artists. And of course, there's ASMR in Thailand, too. And I think that Thai kind of lends itself to ASMR because of the way we speak. It's already very soft, very melodic. Yeah, you're always like, you know, so I think it works very well in Thai. So this week I tracked down Emi Osuka, who in 2017 became the first Thai artist to do ASMR after she stumbled across it while looking for massage tutorials. She was the first one. Are there, are there a lot more people doing a lot of more Thais yes, that you came are, across? Now there are a lot more Thai people doing it, and a lot of people are doing it like constantly. There's a channel that's releasing videos every week. There's, I talked to a girl named Nam Cha who's doing it up in Chiang Mai. So two years later, Emi has 26 ASMR videos on YouTube. Her channel is called Sound Art Whispers. In them, the 21-year-old performs mostly in Thai, but some in English, the usual ASMR content, but focuses on a subgenre called roleplay. Roleplay basically consists of the artist taking on a role like a teacher, um, Amy's done a kidnapper, a pop star, what else? Like anything you could possibly think of, like a babysitter, and then talking to the audience or the viewers as the other people in their interaction. So it's kind of interactive. Okay, I'm here with Emmy. Hello. Um, so you were looking at massage tutorials and you found ASMR. Yes, and um, when I clicked and I watched, I think it's, I thought it's really relaxing, it's really soothing, and it helps me with uh, migraine and uh, sleeping. So you went, when you listen to ASMR, you think your migraine goes away? Yes. 
Saying that ASMR helps treat migraines may be a big statement, but Emmy is apparently not alone. Online, many people also reported that these videos help either relieve or completely demolish their headaches or even migraines. Others say it helps them with depression, insomnia, or chronic pain. Emmy, how did you decide to start producing your own videos? So um, I saw that um, there are a lot of ASMR artists from all, about, all around the world. And then I thought that um, maybe there might be Thai ASMR artists, but there were none of that. So I thought that maybe we should try some of Thai ASMR to let Thai people know what ASMR is. And she did. And I also asked her about her process of recording a video, and she said most of her time is spent on preparation. Because think about it, you have to, first you have to decide on the content you're going to make. Eating, that's easy. You just like go buy whatever you want to eat. But when it's role play, you actually have to script it out. And then you have to figure out what noise you're going to make with what. These videos are usually 25 minutes to an hour. So, and most of these ASMR artists do it in one take or as much in one take as possible. So for like, 30 minutes to an hour, you have to figure out what you're going to do with sounds quietly. So though Amy doesn't practice in the traditional sense, like she doesn't spend hours like tapping things and perfecting it, she says she spent a lot of time just going around and like tapping things or like flicking things and seeing what they sound like in order to prepare for her videos. She currently records her video at home right now, and she says she spends a long time recording a video because, think about it, this mic is cranked up full volume, so any sound, like even like a pin drop in the corner of the room, will make a huge impact and will force you to start the video all over again. I mean, what is the longest time you've ever spent on a video? Around two hours and a half because there was a lot of noises from the vehicles. And she says that's just the beginning of her process. Editing and cleaning audio can take hours after that. Oh boy, as podcasters, don't we know that? Emmy, is there a favorite tool you like to use? I love using box. Boxes or the plastic bottles and the fingers. So I understand that there's a lot of types or subgenres of ASMR, like eating, non-speaking, and role-play. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. What is your favorite type of ASMR? My favorite that I like to watch is role-play because I love to see the actings of ASMR artists. So my videos is relating to um, role-plays. What is your favorite character to play? As a, <laughs> a teacher, maybe, because I, I love teaching. Okay, today I'm going to teaching you some Thai language. Hello, in Thai is Sawaddi. Sawaddi. Can you talk about a little bit of the feedback you've gotten? It's pretty cool and amazing because um, I didn't realize that the my videos will be liked by uh, a lot of people because I thought that Thai people uh, won't know about ASMR, but they love my videos. I got a uh, support. Um, my channel is like um, what I really love. When I felt uh, miserable or feel, feel down, I will watch all of my comments to cheer myself up. Um, do you tell your friends about what you do? Only my close friends, mm, but not all of the friends. It's embarrassing. <laughs> 
That's so weird because you do it, but you're so embarrassed to like let people know because about I it. Because I think that they might not understand what I'm doing. Like, oh, what are you doing? It's weird talking to the microphone alone, yourself, things like that. So, yeah. And do you tell your parents about it? I just tell that I did an ASMR video, but I didn't tell what my channel is. So yeah, my parents, my mom, she, she doesn't understand what I'm doing as well. So yeah. Emmy wishes people would keep more of an open mind about ASMR. She knows that it doesn't work for everyone, and on the surface, it can be like really weird. Yes, she understands it's weird to sit in front of a microphone and whisper in it for hours. But she asked the mainstream public not to judge it so harshly yet. And maybe don't knock it till you try it, because it might end up helping you. I mean, is there anything about ASMR Thailand that's different from any other languages? Yeah, the pronouns. Like, uh, it's really hard to, to decide what, which pronouns that I want to use, because Thai language is really delicate and complicated, so... Right, okay, so... For those listeners that don't speak the language, I just want to explain that in Thai, there's different ways you can say a pronoun. For example, like I, there's like so many ways you can say that. That ranges in politeness. For example, you can say gu, that's the rudest. Oh, and then there's ge, lao, shan, so many things. And then there's like when you're talking to monks, when you're talking to freaking royalty. So Emmy tells me that she really has to think about that because, you know, when she's doing a kidnapper, she's not going to say something polite. But when she's talking to a customer at a massage parlor, she's going to use kun, which is the more formal way to address someone. Well, that's interesting when you're addressing an anonymous right. sort of audience. Yeah. So Emmy agreed to do a demonstration for us, and I'm going to turn it over to her now. So... Emmy took some time before actually starting the ASMR to like tap on things and she found a notebook and like flick through it to see what sound it made. And she told us a lot about the microphones because, you know, it has to be turned on like really high gain. So our sound engineer had to like make this microphone, like tailor it to her. And I actually tried it too at one point and I found out that I am very, very bad at it because I am innately a very loud person. For what you're about to hear, Emmy flicks through a notebook, uses her fingers and tap like remotes and a, a lot of inanimate objects that we have lying around on our table. And those of you with a Google Nest can actually see the video on your screen. Hello, 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 hello. It's Sauna Whispers. Whispers. And that was our demo. I'd like to say thank you to Emmy this week for taking me inside her world. This is actually the first time she's ever spoken publicly about her, about her ASMR work. So I just want to say thank you to, to Emmy. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in this week. 
For people who want to hear more of Emmy's work, you can search Sound Art Whispers on YouTube, or if you want to hear more ASMR and Thai, just search ASMR Thai, or just ASMR. There's like 13 million videos out there, so have fun. Well, that's it for us this week, guys. And before we sign off, just a friendly reminder that if you couldn't bring yourself to pause the show earlier, please do so now. Our ability to continue doing the show depends on your support. Yes, support the podcast. Become a Coco Plus member, be a pro. You can be an ASMR artist now, Todd. Until next week, I remain Todd Varese in Bangkok. And I'm Tara Kamaltanabith. Find these stories and more at coconuts.co. Special thanks this week to our sound engineer, Inigo Mantagon, and superb host at Rock Academy Studios in Bangkok's A-Square. The Coconuts podcast is written and produced by Todd Reese and Taro Kamalvatanath. Our executive producers are Byron Perry and Chad Williams. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.